You are listening to the Call to Action podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 47 of the Call to Action podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and today we are having a fireside chat with two authors tonight. I have J.D. Edwards and also Shanae Chase. Before I bring our guests onto the show, I have a positive mindset affirmation that I'd like to share. And here is the positive mindset affirmation for episode 47 of the Call to Action podcast. I visualize my goal each day and it is hence easier for me to reach it. Let me read that one more time. I visualize my goals each day, and it is hence easier for me to reach it. And I have more of those on planmindfully.com is where you can get those, and you can actually purchase your own set of printable positive mindset affirmation cards. And these are great for manifesting, good for putting on your vision boards, and also starting your day with some good positive energy. So go to planmindfully.com to learn more. If you missed episode 46 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. My guests for that episode are Bambi Summers and Tim Radel. Tim is an author of two books, The Life of Olaf Wynelia in 2018 and Careening Humanity into Oblivion, Prelude to Debauchery in 2022. Bambi is a published author and was a great co-host to have on the show with Tim. Take a listen to this clip from episode 46 of the Call to Action podcast. My, my first book. And I mean, to be honest with you, I've been writing consistently uh, in notebooks since right around... Well, I, I wrote when I was in elementary school. I wrote when I was in high school. I wrote a little bit during college. I wrote a ton right after college. Um, and I mean, really the formal, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> formal stuff started um, within the past five years. Okay. Okay. So now I was going to ask you a different question, but I'm going to come back to that question because you had me think of something else when you made a statement about you being kind of shy to release, release your book. So what what would do you think um or why were you shy about that was it fear of judgment or was it just just nervousness like why were you afraid to release that first book you know i i think that it was it was probably a little bit of of fear of judgment but at the same time you know if go back to what i just said with with all this writing i've done it's always been it's been selfish it's been you know kind of off the cuff, you know, not, not diary entries by any means, but a lot of the more abstract uh, work that I've written is so, it's so personal that I don't know that I ever really would release it. Mm, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely understandable. I get it. Some things you're just writing just to get it out, but it's not something you want to share with other people. Right. And I mean, some of it I think is pretty darn good. <laughs> and I still don't think that I would, I would, throw that out into the world because it's it's 
I don't know how to how to explain it otherwise, Shantae, and I apologize for that. It it's literally just this part of me um, that I think that there there are some. Again, you can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz. When you're there, click on podcast on the main menu to access that episode as well as past episodes. Now, as mentioned in the intro, I have two authors with me today, and they have a very unique story. I have J.D. Edwards and Shanae Chase. So everyone, please join me in welcoming both J.D. and Shanae to the show today. So guys, welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. How are each of you doing today? I'm good. We're doing great, Shantae. Thank you for having us back. Hey, thank you. I'm glad you guys are back. And we had a good show last time. So now, of course, you guys got different stories. You got, J.D., you released a new book since we last talked. Yeah. Shanae, you've been writing since we last talked, right? Uh, I'd call it more editing and uh, mentoring. J.D.'s more editing. More editing, okay. Actually, my first book I wrote 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was... was, um, yeah, we'll get into that in the story of how it all, all, of how it happened. But it's now been picked up by a publisher, so tenacity wins. Finally, that is awesome <laughs> and good news. Congratulations on that! All Thank right, you. so before, oh yes, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Now, before we get into your stories, guys, we got to do the icebreaker. It's what I do on all of my episodes, and it just allows people to get to know you a little better, right? So, who wants to go first? Ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just both pass the baton. <laughs> Toss a coin. Well, Shanae, he said ladies first. So, okay. I'm going to pick you first, okay? Okay. Thank you. So, Shanae. <laughs> All right. So, Shanae, your icebreaker is... Which decade do you love the most? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh, definitely the 80s for its music. Yeah, I agree. The uh, 80s did have the best music. First thing that comes to mind, I say first artists that come to mind for me are Michael Jackson and Prince. But the music from the 80s, for me, like the influence actually came from other parts of of the world, like Phil Collins, Duran Duran, um, and just some other artists. So what did you like about it? Well, I think it was our first insight to be able to hear um, people from overseas. And it still continues to this day. I mean, you go to nightclubs and Michael Jackson and Queen and all that are still, you know, out there being played. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, So, JD. Yes. What is your superpower? That's your icebreaker for tonight. Okay. My superpower is ADHD. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay please share please share okay. many people see it as a disability but uh, and sometimes it is you know it's, I, when you harness this power uh it allows me to hyper focus work on multiple projects at once and maximize my cr- creative potential so even though i'm performing other tasks i write chapters and scenes of my imagination so when i sit down and write the ideas flow freely oh wow so you get this super hyper focus organization skills with that that, yeah, it used to get me in trouble. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
because I would put a Hardy Boys book inside the Bible at church, listen to my dad preach and and read. (laughs) (laughs) While while my dad's preaching, I would read the Hardy Boys book and I'd be able to remember what I read and tell my dad what he preached about. So that's my superpower. That is definitely a super, and probably (laughs) get you out of trouble just because you could do that with him. Right. Wow, guys. Thank you for sharing that. So now let's get to the heart of the show. Tell me about, because you, okay, let's see, JD, you have a new book that you released, but then also you mentored Shanae. So you guys have a lot to talk about tonight. So let's start with your book, JD, and then tell me about Shanae. You guys can both share, like, how did this whole mentorship thing happen? Okay. Well, I was, uh, you know, I was writing Indomitable. Uh, it's a book that I'd, uh, had to kind of in the back of my mind for 10 years. Uh, there's a big, long story. I don't know if we have time to get into that tonight about how I came to, to write it. But, you know, suffice to say, it took 10 years to collect all the uh, research that I needed on 1838 to make this a believable book. So I got it finished and I edited it and I started sending it out for uh, for people to, you know, review. And while I was waiting for the beta readers, uh, I'd had my interview with you and uh, the fireside chat I'd listened to was Shanae's and something she said about editing, you know, it, it caught my attention. So I reached out to her and I said, uh, if you need any help, um, you know, I'd be free to you know, answer a few questions. Here's my editing process. You know, I talked in my last interview with you, I talked about my editing process. Mm-hmm. So I shared, I shared that 12 point process with her. And, uh, you know, Sinead says, well, I do have this one paragraph that <laughs> that uh, I'm having trouble with. It's in an airport. So she sent me the paragraph and I'd correct it. And she says, well, here's a few more lines. So then she give me that. <laughs> and, but before you know it, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. Before you know it, I have a page. And then she says, uh, you know, let's uh, let's submit this. Let's, you know, and let's you know, do a certain amount per chapter so then we did that and that's when the first started to fly is when i tried to change her uh her methods of editing (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) we don't like change (laughs) so it all worked but it all worked yeah but it all worked out and uh, i think the book was better for it oh definitely jd has this fantastic vocabulary that he can just take a sentence and just change one or two words to make it pop. And it really interested me on how he did this. And I think it's his knowledge and his, as I said, his um, background and his vocabulary that, that does it. And um, anyway, we started off um, with his list of killer words and um other passive words and things like that. Well, I highlighted those in the first chapter of the last page and it was like chicken pox. All you saw were these pink spots everywhere (laughs) (laughs) on the page and I'm thinking, oh, my God, if people are reading this, then, you know. So anyway, with the process and all that, I sort of, um, JD did the first chapter for me and then I would do the second and try and change it to the way he mentored me in doing it. And then he'd send it back and um, make some more changes. So it just went back and forth. But each chapter I was getting better and better. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, and then yeah. I think the last 10 chapters, I think he edited himself because my mum had an operation, which I couldn't finish. So, um, yeah, but what he sent back, I probably took 95% because his speciality is um, fantasy and sci-fi, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Some of the words that he uses weren't romantic. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And, yeah, because um, you write romance and then JD is sci-fi. So that's an interesting combination there. Yeah, so I had to wrap my head around, you know, Reginald's quivering member here and I'm not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had never read a romance novel, let alone edited one. So it was wow. a whole new experience for me. Yeah, he said, I don't know if he sent me a message. He says it went from um, something to, what was it, Harlequin to um, I, Mills and Boone very quickly. Yeah, I said it went from uh, a Hallmark movie to Harlequin, you know, in, in, in just one chapter. <laughs> that was the love scene. <laughs> but I must say, it was very, um, like, fate to fade to black you know fade to gray but um mm. not like my other books which um you know have a little bit more tempo in it Ooh. oh yeah yeah no so, no. But, yeah, so you, so didn't, you didn't do those jd right i i i did you did three, oh okay th three chapters of each of uh the love mentalist. I, I, love mentalist yeah i forgot the name oh, <laughs> the love mentalist <laughs> one and love mentalist two <laughs> Yeah, because what I did after JD did this, I actually took the um, all my books down and I decided that I was going to re-edit them in the way he showed me. And it was amazing how it um, it turned it around. Like I'm up to Chapter 20 in The Love Mentalist, but it's made it like stronger. The, the story's still the same. Like JD said, I always had a good story. But I needed to tighten the storyline and the grammar and the and things like that. So that's what I'm okay. doing now. JD, let me ask you this, because it's interesting yeah. how, you know, you're a sci-fi writer and you're from America. And I know that we have a different way that we speak here in America. And then you have Shanae, who's in Australia, who probably has a different dialect of English. How does that translate? Like, for you to take and edit her book, do you guys have any conflict on the use of words and phrases and how things are said here versus in Australia? And, and I'm sure, Shida, you probably have something to say about this as well, but was there any, you know, any static with that? There was one and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't huge, I don't think. Uh, I think one benefit I had is that, you know, I'm a uh, Anglophile. You know, I, yeah, I'm an, Amer an American, but I just absorb British literature and I love it and watch British, t British, British TV shows, comedies, uh, you know, th that's my son and keeping up appearances and you know, <laughs> faulty towers, red dwarf, you, you name it. You know, I, I like those type of shows. So I had a strong vocabulary when it came to British slang and you know, I kind of knew what some of the terms were. Sometimes if something confused me though, I just go to a, Australian dictionary and, uh, you know, check it out. And at one point, uh, Sinead, she talked about someone from New Zealand and she, I don't know what term she used, like New Zealander or something like that. I said, Sinead, an Australian wouldn't call him a New Zealander. They'd call him a Kiwi. Oh, <laughs> she's like, Oh, really? Like, oh yeah. yeah. All right. 
But then, yeah, you know, she talked about, yeah. But then she was comparing American football to British football. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess Australian football. I, I follow British football. I'm a Manchester United fan. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I knew what British football was, but I guess there's some differences, or I just didn't pick up what she was putting down when it came to the Australian football. I don't know where my disconnect was, but uh, yeah, I, I changed. I changed it around, and she had to change it all back. Yeah, <laughs> what you consider football is soccer to us, where right. we have our own code of Aussie rules and um, rugby league and rugby union. So we have all these different types of sports with different types of football. So and that's what I was referring to. And then when he changed, like, the ball from an over ball to a round ball, I'm thinking, hang on, what's going on? But, well, because, because Australia is, well, it's, I don't know if it's still British, but, you know, it was started as a British colony just like America was. And we have soccer, which is a round ball. Mm-hmm. And I assumed that Australia, because I watch Australian football too, and it's – you know, I, at least what I thought it was, it was like soccer, uh, just like British football. But uh, yeah. you know, no, the way Sinead was using it was different. So yeah, it yeah. just confused me. Yeah, we've, we've downgraded soccer to soccer. So we <laughs> have like, <laughs> rugby league and um, Aussie rules are probably the, t- the top two. But I was talking about rugby league in, at, in that scene. So Okay. Yeah, it's it is. You know, if you can get a couple of um and watch it, you'll see the difference. You'll be like Jake and have to learn it himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it was really funny how he um actually got it to a point where um we we were both happy with it. His wife read it and she loved it, and oh, but there was, a, there was a and then like she said, oh, chapter one, you know, needs a little bit you know, of a oomph. So then I went back and like within about what, three or five minutes, JD, I had this new half a page scene that I said right. and she loved it. Yeah. Part of the, part of the issue with that was that in the first few chapters, I was trying to be nice, you know, <laughs> in my editing <laughs> and uh, I stopped being, I stopped being nice after the first three chapters. Cause I was getting fed up, but yeah, and I was trying to be nice, so I wasn't editing everything as much as I could have in the first few chapters, and uh, you know, it really showed compared to the rest of the book. So yeah. I'm glad see, she, I'm glad Sinead then took what she learned and fixed it. Yeah, see, I was a narrator where JD is more dialogue driven, so we sort of had to find that balance of because mm-hmm. um, in romance, it's just the genre. There's, there seems to be more narrative and more adjectives and adverbs than what there is in any other genre but so we had to find that level field so and it took a while back and forward and and swearing (laughs) I could hear JD's eyes roll all the way over here (laughs) wow Uh, once I once I committed to it I I just found it okay fully understand and that then when I finished it and I sent it off to agents. It were like crickets. Didn't hear a word from them. But I got five replies, acceptances from publishers. So, and it wow. sort of sort of started me thinking um, about the difference between publishers and agents. Like you know, like <laughs> excuse me. I'll just read you. This is what, what one of the um, one of the um, and I'll say one of the top ten publishers in the world. 
um, sent me, but I didn't sign with them. It said, your manuscript was brought to our attention at the latest editorial board meeting when we discussed the potential of its publication. Having read all the reports and taken note of the editor's opinions, we can confidently state that your novel was found to be emotive, dramatic and immersive portrayal of grief and romance that will undoubtedly resonate with a wide audience. The reader would find much to absorb them in Jake Jasmine's poignant story, allowing reflection and understanding to continue in earnest at some distance past the final page. We believe your work is very well structured, allowing the story to build suspense progressively and leaving the reader constantly hungry to continue reading and investing in the relationship of the characters. Now, that was just one, you know, from the publishers, and it sort of made me wonder about what do our agents do? I mean, mm-hmm. I must have got a hundred knockbacks, and I, I don't know how it was with you, JD, but, you know, some of them asked for 10 pages, and I'm thinking how can you get immersed in a novel that's 550 pages in 10 pages? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I have an answer for that. Oh, good. The, the, the agents look at kind of like what I, what I do. They look for the telling. They look for data dumps. They look for uh, you know something to draw them in. They look for the adverbs. They figure if they see that stuff in the first few pages, it's going to be like that throughout the rest of the book. So that's why it's so important to take, especially your first chapter or first few pages, and just make it pop. You know, start out with something. You know fantastic some action something to wow the reader and draw them in i mean when i first wrote uh, the fairy chronicles you know i started out with a dream you know and it was 20 pages of just slogging through memory so when i changed it i changed it off of the murder of his parents now that will get people's attention definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want to know what happened <laughs> And that's what I've learned. So that's what I did with um, with this, with the last page. And I've also done it with the Love Mentalist book one, where, but I'd already done it with book two. So um, I can understand where he was coming from in that sense. But, yeah, it just amazes me that, you know, there's so many agents out there that are bypassing these wonderful stories that publishers are picking up direct. I suppose we save ten percent in commission, but it just um, you know <laughs> it just amazes me that there's so many writers out there trying to get a foot in the door. And I mean, it's taken me years. I mean, it hasn't been an overnight thing. I mean, I've written five books, and it wasn't until I rewrote the first book that it was um, accepted, and that was with JD's mentoring and editing skills. That is awesome to both of you, like JD, for you to even step in and help her with that. And now you're getting letters from publishers and you got some offers too, right? Oh, yeah. On the last page, I got a few offers and they're actually interested in the Love Mentalist, um, which is a, a big, a big thing um, because that's my baby. Of all my books, the Love Mentalist series is is, is my baby. So I would like to see that um, go out there. I mean, especially because we've got the song in book two. Yes, I and, remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, talking, I had it on my show. And I've been talking to the um, the um, the the publisher 
a marketer in New York and I was discussing it with her and we I sort of sent her the file and I said if we can get someone famous to cover this then we could do a simultaneous release and Mm -hmm. she she happens to know somebody so I don't know whether it'll go anywhere like but it's nice to think that at least they're looking at possibilities to help me as the writer and um yeah and rather than just saying okay we'll publish it there's a lot more to it than like self-publishing they do so much more which takes it off my plate I don't have the time to do all the admin the marketing and all that crap Mm -hmm. yeah so that is good for that so but yeah look I can't thank JD enough for opening my eyes like I always thought my stories were good everyone says they were good but when it came down to it they were wordy and you know which is funny because when we finished writing the book, it was only like 44 words less than what I started. <laughs> After all that editing, it's still 500 plus pages. <laughs> yeah, but he, he showed me how to get rid of the narration with internal dialogue. So, and how to like do more direction with environment and, and um, you know, when you refer to something as it, it is something. So, you you know, whether it's a room or a card or a car, it, it has a name and it has a use in the story. So, um, yeah, just little things like that. So, but I'm, I'm going through now, as I said, with the love mentalist. I mean, it's been a bit of a struggle. Um, I mean, one of the words that really gets, I get stuck with is was. And if I highlight was, I have more was than hads, and that's throughout the book. And it drives me crazy. But um, JD showed me how to replace those was's with stronger verbs. So yeah, not every not every was or had is bad, no. but when you have five thousand of them in a five hundred <laughs> page book, you know it's a little little overkill. <laughs> you know, so you hear you talk. I could I could hear how JD's skill could help with your editing because JD, I'm recalling our conversation from the show that you and I did together, and I was impressed when you were telling me about how you wrote the Fairy Chronicles. And how you said that you had a map that you could lay over the planet. And then like, it was, yeah. And I was like, dang, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So (laughs) I really like, I could see how you can take that and, you know, make her story better by setting it being, like you said, a narrative type story to a dialogue type story. Because to me, I think that pulls the reader in because now you feel like you're in it because you're thinking the words as you're reading it, you know? So mm-hmm. I could, I well, could see what, that. Mm-hmm. That's what I did with Indomitable. Uh, I, I wanted people to get drawn into the story and everybody who's read it has said that, you know, they feel like they were transported back to 1838. You know, they could, they could see what was happening in their mind as if it was, you know, playing out in a movie. And that's wow. exactly what I wanted them to experience. That's what I wanted the reader to uh, feel. Is when they're reading that when you know you know when she falls through the ice i want them to you know feel the her cold you know without saying that she's cold you know so mm-hmm. you have to you have to word that in such a way that the reader can experience it without telling them you know this is what she feels right kind of leaving it up to their imagination but you're paving yeah. the way for them to walk down that path to to meet you where, where you want them to go 
Mm-hmm. And JD has just has got that touch where he can do that. I've not known a lot of riders who can, but it's just amazing how he can, you know, word things so you can actually see and feel them without actually telling people what they're... Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, I've got nothing but the highest respect for this man. Wow. Thank you, Shanae. No, it's true. I mean, take credit where credit's due. I mean, look, we all do good things at, at, at what we do. But sometimes, I mean, JD took a chance on me spending four months working with me where he didn't have to. So, um, and it's those sort of people who, you know, well, I'll call them unsung heroes because they do it for free. And, like, I've even tried to pay it forward with with what JD's taught me with a few people. And I've found a lot of them very reluctant. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if they're reluctant, imagine how I was. Poor JD. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I paid it forward, but, you know, it's just that, you know, I hope he does has very huge success with the, his um, chronicles because um, I've read only a f- few of the first chapters that we're allowed to, um, and I find them very interesting. And But I'm not into fantasy and sci-fi, which is crazy because my son writes fantasy and <laughs> and I just can't get absorbed. But when I read JD's, I could see it. So, well, sp- speaking of that, uh, you know that Indomitable was picked up by Edit Engel, uh, Indie House. Well, yes. so was so was the last page. Congratulations on that! Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. So, so, so was uh, Sinead's book, the last page. We're both now at the same publisher. Yeah, congratulations to the both them. of you. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. That we never told them that um, JD edited or mentored or whatever. Right. It was too. To, I didn't want to ride his coattails and, um, you know, and it all turned out very well. So, uh, and I'm quite happy with the fact, like, with the contract that I got, I'm very happy that we keep um, a certain amount of rights where a lot of other contracts we don't. Mm-hmm. That's good. Can you just give um, just a little detail? Because for people who are listening that are authors, explain what you mean by that where you say you get to keep some of your rights or more of your rights with with your publishing well they allow um us to keep the um movie rights the television rights and and those sort of things they take control of the publishing and the marketing and and sort of that side of the thing so when it came to if it ever did become a movie or a whatever we we keep control of that Okay, so if Dominable ever became a movie or if the last page ever became a movie, like for Lifetime, for example, just throwing something out there, then you guys have still have control over that aspect of it. But the publishing company just does the book. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct. And if the if there's a book based on the movie, they have the first option to publish the book based on the movie. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. So, and they also, what I liked about it too, they also aren't strict. They allow you to have a certain amount of say in the editing in the final um, stage, which which I liked because one thing as a writer, I don't want to see my story changed because the publisher thinks it should be a different way. So the, that creative side we, we sort of have kept as well. So, and that was a big thing. Yeah, it's a collaborative editing with editing goal, yeah. which which I really liked. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant to say. 
That's good. That's that's I've good. Got three, <laughs> I got three cats sitting here looking at me. <laughs> what are you doing? So, as you know, I'm at my son's place, so I, you know. Anyway, but yeah. So <laughs> it, it. But you know, even the staff at Eddington. Thank you. I can't say it. Eddingle have been really nice and really friendly and full of um, like compliments. Um, you know, and feedback and yeah, and Michelle in New York has been fantastic. It's it's a great team to work with. Just wait until it hits the uh, until it gets published, and they start giving you all the promotional material and the marketing, and the handle outside. Talk about a weight being lift off lift off your shoulders. Oh my God, I never knew that writing a book could be so fun until I went with Edit Ingle. It was just incredible, the pressure that was lifted off of me because now they're running with it. I can go focus on something else. Yeah, yeah like writing more books. <laughs> well, or or editing more books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this will be the first program, uh, first person I've ever told this to because I signed the contract today. Edit Ingle has uh, given me a contract for the rewriting of the fairy chronicles all four books oh, congratulations so uh, thank yeah. you congratulations that is good so yeah, i'm going through you. i'm going through there and doing the same thing i did that i did with the last page i'm i'm going back 20 <laughs> 20 years ago to a book that you know i wrote in a, with a different voice and i'm changing so much stuff i'm looking at like i really wrote that oh my god you know <laughs> Oh, that's telling. Look at those adverbs, you know, and I'm, I'm just tearing it apart, but it's still going to be the same story, but it's going to be so much better and it's going to flow because it's going to have my current uh, writer's voice. And I think it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, series once it's completed. Yeah. It's so my question, yeah. wait, real quick, I was going to ask you, <laughs> I was going to ask JD. That's okay. So JD, are you going to, when you have this one redone, are you also going to do an audio version for your audio listeners? <laughs> I am, I'm trying to, I looked at the cost and the cost is outrageous right now. I don't have the $2,500 to make it an audio book. Okay. Okay. Once I can find a cost effective way to do that, I might do it now. Uh, another, other news I uh, am working with a distant cousin who read Indomitable, loved it, and uh, has connections in Hollywood because uh, he's friends with um, Tim Allen. I worked with him uh, in the production and script writing and things like that. So he's working on this. We're working on a screenplay together, and uh, Indomitable is hopefully going to be pitched to uh, Hollywood sometime next year if we can get the script done. Oh, oh wow. wonderful. Oh my God. Look it's at happening. you. It's all happening. It I is. Going, yeah. I was just going to say that when JD mentioned about his um, writer's voice, it's so different to an editor's voice. Like, even though you're the same person. So, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, as a writer, you want to see it one way, but as an editor, you think, oh God, what's this writer talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and when you're editing your yeah when you're editing your own book you almost have to take a step back and yeah. look at it as if it's not your book you know and be willing to just tear it apart and you know and that's the point a lot of people um like it took me a while but now sometimes when i pick up a book 
I can't read it because all I want to do is edit. <laughs> now you're seeing with a different eye now, huh, Shanae? Thanks to JD. I'm definitely seeing things with a different eye. So, um, and you know, at the end of the day, it, it's it's I can't read while I'm writing or editing because I pick up so many bad habits, and it sort of stays in the back of my mind. So I can't read while I'm sort of you know I mean a full book I can read clips and things like that so but but yeah um but the last page comes out in January I think about the 20th just in time for Valentine's Day awesome oh yeah so um yeah so um that will that's interesting I can't wait for that so a bit disappointed in like how long it takes the process takes but once you get into it you understand that it does take that long so all the other writers out there you know please understand that you know it's not going to be an overnight you know write publish on the shelf there's so much process in in between that goes through so um because i see a lot of people on twitter they just have these um negative um reactions to agents and publishers and and different things and and you know to tell you the truth some some of them get under my skin because I'm thinking you know you've only been a writer five minutes you know I've been at it for years JD's probably been at it longer but you've got to um realize that it's it's you know I think it's the millennials (laughs) the millennials (laughs) (laughs) want everything now yeah the younger writers <laughs> I, I have to i have to i have to tell this shanae i'm, I'm sorry but uh, i can't walk through a store and see a daniel Steele book without thinking about shanae <laughs> oh really <laughs> i don't know how many times i tried to change something she said well that's what daniel Steele does daniel Steele writes this way daniel Steele this daniel Steele that i said you're not daniel Steele." <laughs> yeah you have your own style yeah <laughs> And, yeah. and that was the problem. I grew up reading Danielle Steele books, and um, her first lot of books were very, very tight, tightly written. But as she's become popular, um, they're more loose and wordy, like mine was. Yeah. So, and I have this. I have the same problem. You know, I my favorite author is Terry Brooks, fantasy, and now I'm doing a reread of his entire forty years of books, and I see where I picked up my bad habits. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's and that's the problem. And you know, I just sort of had to get my head out of you know because agents and that say always ask you, you know, who do um you or you know your compare your work to other authors, you know? And I always say Daniel Steele and Barbara Taylor Bradford, you know, because that was how I write. But it's not; it's all changed over the years. How people, what people read, and how they write. So I had to get rid of sort of of Daniel Steele out of my mind because hers is very, I don't find her as good a writer, sorry, Daniel, today as when she started off. Well, you grow and you change, you know, and that's that's to be expected. Yeah. Almost like being in a relationship, you know, you grow. (laughs) Or you get rid of him. (laughs) (laughs) Nay. I wasn't going there. <laughs> hey, I'm a love mentalist. I'm allowed to. I, I see so much. I mean, it's just like this married at first sight, you know, and the girl says, that's not what I ordered and when she gets a husband. I'm thinking, it's, it doesn't matter what you ordered. You don't get served up a three-course meal on your first go. But anyway, it's, um, yeah. 
Sorry, <laughs> men are, <laughs> I diverge. Men are, yeah, men are always on their best behavior until that ring gets put on the finger. Don't then they don't have to try. That. Then they don't have to try anymore. <laughs> That's not true, guys. <laughs> That's not oh, that's, okay. That's not always true. I can't speak for everyone else's husband, but that's not always true. I'll leave it at that. That's in the top three of why people get divorced. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, you know, it's it, people. I look. I shouldn't say that. I'm going to a we- wedding this weekend. And um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to take good vibes to the wedding. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I guess sometimes look, even though you know that they're not suited for one another, and it's going to be a short marriage, you keep your mouth shut. It's not your. That's, you got. It's not your life. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they may change. They, they and may change. No, and things may work out. And it's the same with writing a book. You might tell somebody that you know it's not quite right, and then they will tell you, "Well, you don't know what you're talking about." You know, blah blah. So, work works in all walks of life. <laughs> so, yeah. So, guys, I have, anyway, a, I have a quick question for you. Um, yep. No, go ahead. No, go on. No, I was going to ask you guys just to uh, go to another topic as far as uh, something that writers can use. Do you have any advice or anything that you would share that would be helpful that you've learned in your process of editing, you know, or working with an editor from your perspective, Shanae, and then JD as an editor, just something you can share? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when in doubt, ask JD. (laughs) (laughs) That was easy. Have to hide that. E- You're no, going to get hide, it hide my email address, <laughs> right? Look, there's certain things that you you can, but just because you fix it once doesn't mean it doesn't need fixing again. That's that's the big thing that I've learned. Like you've edited it once, and you go through on your second read through, and and look, and I will reiterate that my books are 550 pages long, so. Sometimes I don't see something that I've mentioned before where my beta readers have, um, you know, will pick it up, that sort of thing up for me. So just because you think it's perfect doesn't mean it's perfect. So that would be my advice. Like, you know, get other people to read it and get their feedback. And and not, but not family, not, not family. I have a wonderful set of people here on like, you know, Bambi, Paula, um, Tracy, Nikki, um, Barry, who who have all helped as far as, you know, reading my stuff and, um, and they come back with different comments and they are all taken on board. So um, they might not be changed, all of them, but they're all taken on board and, and I can understand from their perspective, what they're thinking. And with the last page, they all had different views of why she was leaving Australia. Now, that that was interesting. Why Jasmine and that was after Australia. the edit version that you worked yep. with JD on? That's, what, that's yep. what they were beta reading? Yep, that's exactly right. And they all had okay. different versions of why she was leaving Australia. And, I mean, JD know, knows now. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't know until he got into the story either. But I did come close. I came very close to the ending. Guessed it. Yeah, I missed it. I missed one key, one key point. But yeah. I think I nailed about ninety-five percent of the ending. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. But you know, I have 
a lot of plots and a lot of twists. And, you know, one thing I, I think I do very well is foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, yeah. and um, so it's not just one plot running through my books. I have like three or four or five. And you get to this and you think, oh, my God. I mean, the last page, I'm not sorry, The Love Mentalist, I still have people arguing about the um, about a 50-year-old woman and a 35-year-old man. Like they still to this day, three years on, cannot agree on what's right and what's wrong. So, And, and it's a good book club book. So, um, you know, because women thought, you know, they couldn't have um, a relationship with a younger man because um, they thought it was, um, you know, if, if they had sons, they thought it was a bit, you know, in-house. Where yeah, men, yeah, kind of weird. Where men <laughs> could date, but men could date younger women, you know. So, mm-hmm. but it was just a good um, um, story um, for the last page. But they they just argue on it on what's right and what's wrong, and there's nothing right and there's nothing wrong about it. It depends on the two individuals, you right. know, whether they're you know in love or not. But but uh, that's what I'm saying. Like every book you you read and you take from. You people get diff- take away different things. So JD, thank you for that, Shanae. Yeah. JD, what about you? Um, what advice do you have from the perspective of an editor? Take notes. Even if you don't know what information you'll use when you're editing, it, don't discard it. Uh, put it off in something because you never get rid of good story ideas because you never know when you're going to use them again in another book or another chapter or a rewrite. Uh, I put all my notes in a program called Microsoft OneNote. It has different tabs and features and I can go back and look for something that I thought about and then reincorporate it into another story. And it's, it was invaluable with uh, writing Indomitable. I mean, I wouldn't have written Indomitable without OneNote because I had so many moving parts and historical biographies who, who, who had how many kids when they were married, you know, it, it was all over the place and I couldn't keep it straight unless I took notes. So anytime I had a good idea, I just threw up my notes and uh, came back to it later if I could. That's good. Cool. All right, guys. So this has been great. And wow, <laughs> your story is interesting. It's really good to hear that you guys have both gotten published. JD for you again. And Shanae, this is great for you and how you all just came together. And I do want to mention, we're all friends on Twitter. And you guys connected on Twitter, right? To even get this project started together? Uh, is that how did. it happened? Yeah. I mean, I've collaborated it- with a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some you don't know, and some and some you will never know of. But um, they, I, I have a lot of good ideas that um, you know. My my mind is um, always thinking, always thinking. This is why I suffer from insomnia. So I mean, JD's read a few of my stories, and um, he can see that the it's there, but getting it down on paper in the in the right order is the challenge. Yeah. And how do you reach out to somebody you've never talked to before in a, in a DM and you talk, you talk on Twitter, you know, but mm-hmm. somebody you've never sent a DM to before and you just poof out, out of the blue, like, Hey, I heard you on uh, CTA, CTA marketing and uh, you know, here's some editing tips. Uh, you know, w- what kind of person does that? You know, I, I felt like kind of a creeper doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, you know, I've never read her work. 
I don't know if she's edited or, or what editing process she's used. I don't know if she's got an editor. You know, it was a lot of assumptions and, uh, you know, I just kind of took a chance, you know, very well. I, I might get blocked or unfriended or, uh, you know, she might, <laughs> she might take, take the advice. Uh, and we might talk about it. I, I don't know, you know, but if you don't try, you'll never know. And that's the only thing you will ever uh, miss in life is those missed opportunities is if you never actually give it a shot. That's true, JD. That's true. And that's, you know, with Twitter, like we're all a part of the writing community, which is how we all connected. But um, I think you have a good chance of if you do DM somebody with some good advice that they'll they'll respond and not block you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I friended like three people who friended me. So I followed back and within 10 minutes I had their book profile buy my book you know See, that's, me, that's not attractive that is not attractive uh, i'm finding <laughs> people are using twitter as instagram by putting up photos of themselves or um you know a dating site a dating site i changed my profile because i was sitting sick and tired of getting hit on yeah that's yeah. that's what twitter can do as well <laughs> I, I won't mention the publisher's name but there's one publisher in particular uh, that is notorious for doing that. As soon as you follow one of their uh, one of their re- uh, one of their uh, authors, you immediately get a DM from them saying, "Hey, thank you for following me. You know, I think you'll enjoy this book. Uh, please review it on Twitter. Well, you can download on Amazon. You can download it for free." So I, I used to block those people, but then I took their script and I revamped it to say basically the same thing, but about indomitable. And every time I get a DM from one of those type of people from that <laughs> publisher, I yeah. send them back a DM with something that says exactly the same thing, but for indomitable, tell them to check out my book. And that's I never hear idea. back from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, Twitter for me is more for conversation. Like you can talk about your product, but... To me, what I've seen, it's really more community-based, especially with the writing community and just how people engage and uplift each other. That's what I've seen. That's been my experience with with Twitter. Yeah, uh, to me, it's been a lot of tagging in that lately where I like the conversations where writers are helping writers. But what I would love to see, which is probably I'll never get to see, is I'd like to see agents say, go through people's profiles and say, you know, or their bios and say, look, you know, I'm looking for new clients. How about sending me, you know, the first three chapters? Like, why are we always chasing them? Like, you know, I mean, that's probably our job and I've probably been, you know, trying to be happy, on the, looking on the happy side here. But I just think, you know, agents can do more for their writers than what, you know. I mean, look how many books um, Stephen King write, wrote before he got a, an agent. They just don't know. E.L. James, the same. Um, you know, you just don't know who yeah. the client, next client's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting that you all have to chase them down as opposed to them chasing you down because they need clients just as much as you all need someone to publish you, right, and to represent hey. you. As, yeah. yeah. I sent out three uh, queries for Indomitable. The first person rejected me within, I don't know, a day saying that, uh, oh, it's just not the right fit for us, but you're, you'll find another publisher who it will be a fit for. I, I hate that form letter. Uh, 
so I immediately went to Twitter. I said, well, uh, so it begins, you know, the, the gif of uh, King Theoden say, saying, so it begins from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And I talked about Indomitable. And that's when Michelle saw my post and said, hey, send it to us. We'll take a look at it. And that's how I got picked up was Michelle caught my tweet, not bashing the publisher, but just or the agent, but just saying, you know, I got my first rejection. You know, here's what the book's about. So after the book was published, a month after it was published, I got a rejection from another one of those uh, publishing houses I sent the query to. And someone else still has never contacted me in, you know, 12 months. So it's, you know, I just see it as their loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I sent, out I sent out 100 queries, 101 to be precise. Half of them didn't even bother, and the other half were all generic. Not a perfect fit for me at this time, or I've got too many on my books, or this, or this, or this, you know. Um, at least they had a decency to reply. But what gets me is that they don't tell you the true fact of why they're turning you down. If they just gave you a little bit of a feedback and says, oh, look, we find it too wordy or we find, you know, this needs to be changed or give you some some criticism. And, I mean, I love criticism. I love honesty. Just ask JD. But, <laughs> you know, I, you take it on board and you use it. But you, you get nothing back. You get nothing back. So, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting when, you know, with us, moving forward but where we where we go <laughs> yeah if if some butts are candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas <laughs> so guys your books that are for sale indomitable is available on amazon is that right jd that's right mm-hmm. okay okay so make sure you send me the link so i can post that with the podcast and okay. then shanae did you are you still selling the love mentalist or did you take that no, I, t- I took them all down and, and have uh, are redoing them. Um, the last page is being um, published in January. I'm okay. hoping to send the Love Mentalists book one off within um, another six weeks, eight, ten maybe, then book two by the end of Christmas and then First Wives Reprisal, which was actually got quite a lot of um, recognition by publishers, not by agents, by publishers, um, but they were all hybrid contracts. Now, I'm not interested in a hybrid contract, but um, it was a big change in writing to write that story because a lot of it was based on true stories, except the killing and, you know, the defamation and, you know, all that getting back at women and men who jilted these people. But apart from that, <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's it, it's completely it was it's what it well it's got romance in it but it's not the same so um i hope to have that one out by may next year okay okay well when you get that published send me the links but in the <laughs> meantime um as far as getting contact with you all shanae share your contact information so in case anyone has any questions or wants to contact you how can they find well, let you the, uh, at the moment, I'm only on Twitter. I don't have time for social media, so it's at Sinead Chase. But my website is getting done this year, so hopefully by then, you know, people can contact me and sign up to my mailing list through there. Okay. Thank you. And, JD, how can we find you online? Uh, I have everything on Linktree. So it's link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, uh, slash jd edwards 
Easy enough. Easy enough. All right, guys. So I have one last question for both of you. And uh, Shanae, I want you to go first. And the question is, (laughs) any last words of wisdom that you want to leave with the listeners today? I would say, mm, edit, edit, edit. I mean, honestly, I wasn't a big believer in it. But even though you think it's good, give your book to somebody you don't know personally and get them to get feedback from them. If you um, say on Twitter, anyone want to read my book and give me feedback, you will get people. But ask them for honest feedback. You know, someone who won't say, oh, it was a good book, even though, you know, they're talking out, your, out oh, can't say that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? You want honest feedback. And the only way you're going to get honest feedback is from a stranger who doesn't know you. Okay. Okay. Good advice. All right, JD. So what about you? What are your last words of wisdom to leave with the listeners? I kind of build on uh, Sinead's comment, you know, have a thick skin. You're going to, you know, if you get a, if you get a person like me editing your book, you know, I may not be as nice as I was to Sinead. And Sinead didn't think I was being very nice at first. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out in the end because she's published now. So that's definitely good. Yeah. But yeah, I tried to, I tried to be honest, but with, you know, be kind at the same time. Uh, But, you know, not everybody is. So have a thick skin. And know that, you know, your first effort isn't going to be gold. It never is. There's always going to be something in there you can change. So listen carefully and decide if their comments actually improve the story. You know, sometimes their comments are bunk, but, uh, you know, it's always good to listen with an open mind and not just reject it right out of hand. Okay. And that's what I appreciated about JD. He's brutal honesty. Like, I don't mind it. Yes, I might fight back, you know, but (laughs) I actually accept and I truly appreciate honest feedback. Look, I'm one of those people, if someone says, do I look fat in these pants? I'll say yes, because I don't want you to be embarrassed when you go out when other people mention it. So, and if I like that honesty, I want to get that honesty. So, um, yeah, I mean, I fought it. But at the end of the day, I don't want Jade to say, I told you so. <laughs> but, okay, <laughs> but never, he never. did it in a nice way. Yeah. And But you know what? He held out. He really hung in there with me, as I said, even though I could hear his roll, eyes roll all the way from over here in, in some instances. But um, he was kind enough and calm enough to wave that storm and and do it and help me get where I am today. So I'll never thank can thank him enough for it. I'm glad I could help. Yeah, you helped. Trust me. Wow, that's awesome. I love the love that's just being passed around the show today. Oh, <laughs> you <thank> guys you. <laughs> makes me feel all warm inside, <laughs> warm and fuzzy. You know, well, when somebody deserves respect, you know they get it. So you know. Good on him. I mean, I'm so happy that, you know, it's taken him this time to have his books published. But, you know, at the same time, he's done it the right way. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. That's good. Guys, this it's been a pleasure. You guys are awesome. Oh, thanks. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. It's so, so fun. Easy to talk to. And, you know, just 
I love when you guys share things because it not only helps me one day, you never know, I might decide to write a, like a full novel or something. I don't know, but I know who to go to <laughs> if I need, <laughs> if I need an editor. <laughs> right. I have beta readers. I mean, all kind of stuff. And I just learned so much doing the shows with you all. So I do appreciate you taking the time and being on the show with me and sharing this wonderful information because it's helpful. So, and I like to help other people, even if it's coming through me, you know, with help with talking with you guys and you sharing it on the show. So I, mean, I do appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. When you yeah. do write that book, go ahead and uh, try and turn it into an audio book and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it can be pricey, um, but <laughs> there's well, maybe when a doubtable. Maybe when a domino hits the big screen, I start raking in the millions in royalties, you know, then I'll be able to afford to do audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> but you know, JD, you know, have you looked at you can do a royalty deal? Have you looked into doing that with ACX? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I only I only looked at Audible. Okay. Audible is ACX, but you can do a royalty deal where you would instead of you paying the uh, narrator, mm-hmm. then you they would get a royalty off of the sales. So just okay. take a look at that. And that may be a way that you can get that done with a really good narrator, but then also get your book out there in that format. So, yeah. I want Andy Circus. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> actually, somebody I had on the show, actually, um, Tiffany, she got a narrator by sending her a tweet. So you never huh. know. You yeah. never know. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So um, you just, you never know. You might just try it. <laughs> it may work. <laughs> you, honestly, I actually brought up about the cover for my song for my book. And I'm not going to tell you who knows who, but let's just say if it comes off, I'll be um, very happy. <laughs> cool. Everybody knows somebody in the business. And there's always that's, a that's way right. around things. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right, guys. So I want to wrap up the show. And just before we come to a close, um, I do want to mention two of my favorite podcasters. One, of course, is York Campbell, and he is the creator of the Poetic Earthlings podcast. And you can hear his podcast at PoeticEarthlings.com. I have done some, I guess it's voice acting, um, that I've done on his shows. So if you get a chance, go and check them out. They've been a lot of fun. And also I like to mention another new podcaster. She was actually a guest on um, one of my episodes and it's Tiffany C. Lewis. And she is the host of the Beta Reader Bits podcast. And you can listen to her podcast at betareaderbits.podbean.com. And also remember to visit planmindfully.com to get your printable positive mindset affirmation cards. And if you don't know, when you affirm something, you begin to stir the energies of the universe into action. And these are a tool to help you to bring positive changes into your life. Now to all of the entrepreneurs, authors, self-starters, and just everyone who is out there doing their own thing, remember the code. The journey begins when you take the first step. Courage optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time. 
Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action Podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.